So today we're focusing on Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17, with a little bit of Isaiah 58 from there. And in Luke, we have this woman who is bent over and struggling to walk, not even able to see where she's going. And she comes that day, that Sabbath day, and I wonder what she was hoping for. What did she expect? Maybe she had gotten used to coming every Sabbath. Maybe at first she had prayed for healing. Maybe at first she had hoped someone would notice her. Someone might help. But after 18 years and continuing to come to worship God, maybe she only came half-heartedly, out of habit. But this day, we read, is different. As she stood among the other worshipers, bent over, staring at her dusty sandals, unable to see who's speaking, Jesus sees her. He sees her in the back, doubled over, hidden behind all the others who can stand up straight and tall, comfortable in their own bodies. He sees her through the crowd of those who could better hide their own weaknesses behind nice clothes and healthy bodies and clear eyes. Jesus sees her and calls her forward. In mid-teaching, he stops to call this woman forward, and I wonder what the people gathered would have been thinking. Good, it's about time someone did something about this woman, or, hey, I was listening to that, why'd you stop? Or who does he think he is? Well, we know, we're told, what one of the religious people thought, that's breaking the rules. No running. He's working on the Sabbath. He's setting an example for people. Someone has got to stop this man. And like that good religious leader, he quotes from Deuteronomy to establish his authority with Jesus and with the woman. Scripture clearly says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. But instead of aiming his criticism at Jesus, he aims it at the woman. Because victims always make easier targets. Six days you could have come for healing. But this is a Sabbath. How dare you? But Jesus returns. By reflecting Deuteronomy when he uses language of being bound and being loosed. Like the donkey you loose in order to let it drink water so it doesn't die of thirst in that one day that you are taking an arrest. Remember, Deuteronomy says, that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, because of that... The Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Jesus knows what the Sabbath is about. It's about freedom, liberation, being loosed from your bonds. It's about new life. He says, this woman was bound to be loosed. It's not a healing miracle. This is all about being set free. Much like Isaiah's words, Jesus reorients us to the purpose of Sabbath. We can easily get caught up in our own ideas of what worship and Sabbath are about. Making me feel better so that I can leave in a better mood. Or um, making sure that I please God so I get what I want later. which Which is what Israel was doing. See, by this point in Isaiah... The people had finally been released from exile in Babylon 
to return to their country, but it was a country they barely recognized. The temple and their homes had been demolished and the Babylonians took over, and though they allowed the workers to stay and they had exiled, they took with them all of the elites. Those workers had been cultivating the land. Now, as I said, it was the wealthy and important, the important people who were taken into exile. The workers were allowed to stay because they were cheap labor. But now, the exile have returned and they take little time in establishing themselves as the bigwigs again. So they set up expectations, Sabbath, in an effort to appease God and to secure their future. That's what Sabbath was about to them. But God sees through them. And in the first part of chapter 8, God condemns the people for their false Sabbath. He says, you continue to oppress others and to serve your own interests and to fight over your own wealth, but then on Sabbath, you pretend to be humble. And you sit in sackcloth and ashes as if the previous six days didn't make any difference, like they never happened, as if you're not going to return to your old ways of life as soon as you leave this place. But God says, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Do you hear those words again? Loose and bond and freedom. And then eventually we get to today's readings in Isaiah where God tells Judah that the world will be like if they... what. Will, God tells Israel what the world will be like if they embrace the Sabbath's purpose and not just its practice. He says, your light shall rise in the darkness. You shall be like a watered garden whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. What a beautiful purpose to live into when you keep the Sabbath truly you are part of God's kingdom-building work. The Sabbath isn't about rule-keeping and structure. It's about being set free. We're told another story of Jesus preaching in the synagogue in Luke. It was immediately after his baptism, after being tempted by the accuser, he goes home to Nazareth to preach. And he stands before the people to read from Scripture, and he opens it to Isaiah. And he reads... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We're talking about loosing bonds and being set free again. And then he sets down to give the message, which is all of one sentence, and he says, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And the people turn on him. Just like the religious leader we read about today. Just like so many of us who find ourselves uncomfortable with a message that pushes us out of our comfort zones. That leads us to think that maybe God is not a gumball God. Where you put your quarter in, you go to worship, get what you want on the way out. Uncomfortable with a message that challenges the rules and systems that have been set up using scripture as a basis. A message that for many of us feels more like law than gospel. 
But isn't that exactly what Jesus is about to set us free from all of those systems and rules and things that bind us? Because aren't we too bound in our sin of loving rules and false security more than the good news of Christ? Aren't we too bent over in spirit, if not in body, by the ways in which we must contort ourselves in order to maintain the status quo and the quo in the world and yet still call us disciples of Christ? Aren't we too as much in need of being loosed by the word of God as those whom we bind in systems cloaked with words, law, and order, with commandments defined by our own desires rather than God's? That's the purpose of the Sabbath. It's the purpose of God, the purpose of Christ, of his life and his teaching and his death on the cross. In his sermon on this passage, Bishop Michael Curry says, God has a dream for God's creation. A dream for every man, woman, and child who ever walked upon the face of the earth. And God will not rest until our nightmare is ended and God's dream is realized. Isn't that the truth? In our effort to free ourselves, we end up creating a nightmare. Spiritually, physically, ecologically, politically, socially, religiously. We are still bound by our chains of self-sufficiency, of racism, of nationalism, of legalism, of religious fervor. But God has a dream that is set in motion at Jesus' birth. A dream that we will be led out of slavery and into the promised land. A dream that we will no longer bind one another with prejudice and fear. A dream that the Sabbath will again be a day of straightening the crooked, of releasing the captive and loosing the bonds of sin. Friends, that day is today. It is every day. Today, God sees you bent over under the weight of sin and death. Today, God sees you and calls you forth. Today, God tells each one of us to stand up straight. We no longer live in the shame of all that has gone before us. We no longer need to live in the chains of this world. Today, God sets us free and calls us by a new name, as sons and daughters of Abraham, children of God. Today, God sees the children huddling in detention centers. Today, God sees the addict bent over needles and bottles. Today, God sees the lonely, the homebound, the sick, and the dying. Today, God sees the trans men and women uncertain of who to trust. Today, God sees the students struggling in school. Today, God sees the bullied and the bullies. Today, God sees the young boys and girls being trafficked for sex. Today, God sees the people in Flint who continue to long for clean water. Today, God sees the prisoners wondering how to move forward in life. Today, God sees the victims of assault. Today, God sees those who have been turned away from the church because of human rules. Today, God sees you and me. And today, God calls us forth and sets us free. And as we stand straight, like the woman, we get to praise God through song and prayer, but also in our bodies and in our lives and in our work and in our play. Like Isaiah reminds us, set free, our light shall break forth like the dawn. We shall be like watered gardens whose waters never fail. 
We shall be the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. We are children of God. Amen. I invite us, please, to rise in honor of Christ.